0: Yell at sends one to right center and deep. Get up!
1: fans, Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at tyler TylerKirth or read my articles by following or viewing the brew on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. And you can find my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor, at Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast and is here today to talk some Brewers spring training baseball with me. So, This is exciting, this is our first recap together here. We're officially a week into spring training, so I think Trevor's getting excited too. So before we get to all the Brewers action, how are you doing today?
0: Hey, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I will be honest, I have not had an opportunity to watch any spring training games, but baseball is here and regular season is, we were talking about this before, it's really right around the corner. Um, And that's, that's very exciting. And I'm ready. I am ready for that. I was, you know, Tyler, you know, I am also a hockey fan. I cheer for the Blackhawks. I know it's a Chicago team, but we don't have an NHL team. And I'm not cheering for the Wild or the Red Wings. So Hawks, it was just watching their game. I'm excited for baseball have sports on more consistently. You know, I've been re- recently I've been watching more often I've been watching the Bucks and the Badgers basketball. Uh I'm just ready for another another sport to be back. And this is right around the time where I get super excited for baseball and I I can't wait because I got the grill out yesterday and that means baseball should be here and it is, but I'm just ready for a some nice brats and burgers on the grill and then, you know, coming in or, and then going to watch some brewers and, and hopefully watch Christian Yelich win another MVP this year.
1: Yeah. Cause he should have won that one in 2019. when He got robbed. I think of that one.
0: So yeah, yeah, he did. And also I'm, I'm ready for the brewers to have an MVP and a Cy Young this year. <laughs> and, you know, the chances
1: have never been stronger with that. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: We got a real chance with Yelich as the MVP, and we realistically have two decent shots at Cy Young, because I doubt any one of our bullpen arms gets that, because most of the time it feels like that's a that's a starting pitcher award. I don't know for sure. Can a reliever win that, Tyler? They can. It's just not as common. Yeah. So let's just have two competing for reliever of the year, two competing for Cy Young, and then Yellows just wins the MVP. That would that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. And then have a couple gold glovers in the outfield and Kane and Bradley and, and and we'll be good to go. Yeah,
1: I mean you hinted at it. Jackie Bradley Jr. was the big news this week. Just when you thought the Brewers were done signing players, you thought the roster was set in stone, and then they go ahead and do the most Brewers type move and acquire a player when we already have a crowded outfield. So (laughs) this certainly has caused a lot of fan speculation (laughs) across the MLB really because we signed him to a two year, $24 million deal now. And we have four really talented outfielders, obviously Bradley Jr. Kane, Yelich, and Avisil Garcia. So, Playing time is going to be a big issue. There's the fact of do you think the Brewers have the best outfield in baseball? Is one of these guys going to be traded to make room for it? So, where is your head sitting in all of this right now?
0: <laughs> I don't. Okay. So, when I saw it, I was ecstatic. I was really, really excited. I'm like, I don't know how the outfield works, but I don't really care at this point. And the more I've looked at it, I. I thought Jackie Bradley Jr. was a better player than his stats indicate. I thought he was more of a high leverage type of hitter. I know he's he's good in the field and all those types of things, but looking at the stats, they aren't fantastic. I I like I said, I thought he was a better hitter than you know what's indicated for him as a player. I just thought he was better than what he is. Um, and it looks like one thing that's a little bit of a concern is. When I look at his strikeout numbers is he has a lot of strikeouts. 2016, 2017, 2018, those three years, he had 143, 124, and 137. And in 2019, 155 strikeouts. He had almost 50 last year. Um, His strikeout percentage, according to Baseball Servant, is on average 24.6. MLB average is about 21.8. So not insanely high, but something I thought he was better at. I thought he was more of a contact hitter. Uh, but he does get on base higher than average, 9.6 uh, walk percentage, according to Baseball Savant, and the average is 8.3 for that. So I just thought we were getting a little bit better of a player. But if he is – I know it's a short sample size, but in 2020 <laughs> – he was pretty damn good. Batting average of 283 on base percentage of 364 uh, slugging of 450. That means his OPS was 814. If we get something closer to that rather than his career average of about a 240 hitter, 320 on base, 412 slugging and 732. Like if we can get around 800 plus or minus like 10, I think if we get that player, it'll definitely be worth it. But if we get closer to his career average, I'll be kind of wondering if that was the right choice to spend the money on him uh, rather than someone else. But it definitely does crowd the outfield, makes that part of it very interesting to see, you know, is anything going to happen with the outfield? Uh, does that mean, you know, maybe they can get something at the trade deadline for someone who isn't performing out of the four? Um, obviously not named Christian Yelich, but... One of the other three could very well be moved, I feel like, if three of the four are playing well. So we'll have to kind of see with that. I'm excited. Definitely excited. It definitely makes the team better. I just don't know how much better with the amount of players that are already there that are solid MLB contributors.
1: Yeah, if there's a manager who's going to try and figure out this rotation, Craig Council is your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like what he specializes in, but... I'm glad you brought up the whole like contract situation because there is some deferred money in his $24 million deal and he can opt out after year one. So potentially you could be looking at Lorenzo Cain, Jackie Bradley Jr. and obviously Garcia all not being on this team next year <laughs> if their contract <laughs> expires and they go their opposite ways. So that's crazy enough in itself, but with the deferred money, the Brewers have set themselves up now that if they are in contention here at the trade deadline, they can make another move if they so choose to do so. So, very smart move there by David Stearns. As for the player himself, yeah, I think like batting average wise, you're right. Like, you expect you'd want someone higher. Like, I think in terms of like an offensive player, average wise, Lorenzo Kane has a lot higher ceiling. He has the potential to hit higher up in the order, be that leadoff hitter like we've known to grow in love from 2018. But from a power standpoint, Jackie Bradley Jr. trumps him tremendously. And especially being a left-handed hitter, hopefully that can translate well into Miller Park. So Bradley Jr. definitely adds some pop. But I mean, throughout the Red Sox, his time with the Red Sox, he was a middle to end of the batting order hitter so I think that's where he's going to fit in primarily he's definitely not
0: going to be a top of the order guy but providing some power deep in the lineup definitely has its value yeah he he feels like a five to six hole hitter to me it'll be interesting to see you know Travis Shaw's on that you know minor league contract if he gets on you know you got Colt let's say A lot of people have been wanting Colton Wong as the leadoff. I personally would prefer Lorenzo Cain. But let's say you got Colton Wong, then you have Yelich and Hira. And then your four hitter, you know, maybe that's Travis Shaw. And then you have JB Jade after him. Like, that's really starting to get in there. And then, or maybe Avi Garcia is in the five hole. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. is in the six. That's a deep six. And then... When Avi or Jackie Bradley Jr. is out and Kane's playing, you know, you can kind of readjust it. But that really is starting to round out that that top six in the order is starting to feel a lot better. And then, you know, you add in consistency or you add in the potential, I mean, of Omar Nervais, who I think is going to be a lot better. And, you know, that's seven deep that you feel pretty damn confident in on a daily basis and then you know you throw in the stick of orlando arcia who we all know he's gonna go in weak spurts of being pretty damn good and then he's gonna be bad for three weeks and then he's gonna be good for four and then he's gonna be bad for eight you know you, you just never know with him but in the eight spot that's not the worst thing in the world and it, it just feels very very good to have a top seven that if they all are playing up to snuff and playing to their the level that they can and should be playing at this addition makes that no matter who's playing in the outfield of the four one through seven is is pretty damn good and maybe even jackie bradley jr is better suited in that seven role if avi garcia and or lorenzo kane is are hitting well and omar nervias comes back to where we would like to see him near that um that level of production he was prior to 2020 and the ones that we expected to get in 2020, because he took a big, big hit in 2020 as a lot of players did. And Tyler and I talked about it. We didn't expect a drop off in 2020 at the catcher position, but we definitely got it. So hopefully he can bounce back and, and really give us more of that type of production we were expecting. And like I said, that makes one through seven very, very good for the brewers in 2021. Most
1: certainly, if they all perform like you said, because then you feel better about Arcia or Urias in the bottom, kind of like you're hinting at. And on the last podcast, I kind of talked about the shortstop battle, and I guess a little update in case you hadn't heard. Luis Urias did limp off the field earlier this week with a hamstring injury, labeled to be minor, but it's like, geez, that guy can't catch a break. So Arcia was getting some looks at third base, been kind of hit or miss there. He's made some nice looking plays. He's also looked really uncomfortable as well at times. So for now, it sounds like Arcia might get some more looks at shortstop until we get an updated timetable on Urias. But if we switch back to Jackie Bradley Jr. here, I think defensively, it's going to be interesting. Like if Kane and him are in the lineup, who do you put in center field? Obviously, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a little bit younger and certainly is a former gold glover as well. But Lorenzo Kane is you've never seen any drop-off in production from him on the defensive side. So to me, I think you probably leave Kane there and shift Jackie Bradley Jr. over to, to right or left, depending on who's all playing that day. But that's just my take on it. To me it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> like I, I love Lorenzo Kane in center field, but you have two players that are going to be above average defensively out there so to me it really doesn't matter if you want to save a little bit on Lorenzo's body maybe you put him in one of the corner spots rather than center because like 28 he signed in 2018 right he was on the team or was that 2019 no, so, or 18 18 yeah. yeah um so in 2018 and in 2019 like there was times where he is just like destroying his body in center field and i'm talking like running into the wall and i think for the most part not only baseball players but professional athletes are for a lack of a better term pansies. when they injure something if like they flop they like come on you're making millions of dollars but when lorenzo cain is dead on sprinting at 18 20 miles an hour runs into the wall I'm like, ooh, and his arm's extended. I'm like, how are you still throwing the freaking baseball? <laughs> I don't understand it. So he's definitely taking a beating, and maybe that would be a good thing to to not have him do that, and and hopefully you get a little bit more out of the bats while not losing the production in center field and still having good production from two-thirds of the outfield. Not saying Christian Yelich is bad as a defender, but he's nowhere near the level of uh, Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Kane. Uh, at least defensively.
1: That was a good point. So, like Saving Kane's body is obviously going to be a priority, especially if he's hitting well, because you think back to 2019, he struggled on the offensive side that year, but he was also battling a thumb injury. I can't remember exactly when that was sustained, if it was related to the field or not, but either way, saving his legs, saving his arms, as you said, is going to be a plus. So, if he remains a brewer, there's also, you know, a lot of speculation out there that he's the outfielder to get traded, but that's a really hard contract to unload. He's getting, what, 17, 18 million dollars this year, so I would not count on him getting traded out, and with obviously Garcia reporting to camp 36 pounds lighter, I'm really intrigued to see what he can do this year, so I'd like to keep him as well, and he's going to be an outfielder. i Made the mistake of reading through some Facebook comments the other day where people were saying, obviously, Garcia should play third base. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's Facebook for you. So it's just unreal uh-huh. what people think of.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I'm starting to like this offensive lineup. Like, it, it's not uber elite. It's not Padres or Dodgers level, like, names, but – you go around defensively, and I'm starting to feel comfortable at each position. You know, Travis Shaw isn't the answer long term, but as a one year option, at the very most two year option, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And you know, you feel okay there. Shortstop, you feel good defensively. Um, offensively, you got your eight hole hitter. Nothing spectacular, I think. No matter whoever is playing shortstop. Then you got a Gold Glover on the other side of second base, and a guy that is pretty decent at the plate. You have at first base a guy that's it can be electric at the plate and is learning the position. By all accounts, has been doing okay. Um, nothing, nothing spectacular, but you know he's figuring it out and he's at least doing his job and not being terrible at it. Catcher. You know, Omar Narvaez, he gets his bat back. You're feeling really good about that. You have your backup catcher, Manny Pena, and you feel great about that. In the outfield, we've been talking about it this whole podcast. You feel comfortable with all of that, too. So you're, I'm starting to really like this team. And if we get, we've been saying it this whole podcast and we said it all of 2020, if we can just get the production out of these players that we've come to expect, that, we like realistically could expect from these players this team is a playoff team it is very easily could be the nl central champs this year if we get that type of production and that's super exciting and part of that is the pitchers because the pitchers have been like i'm i'm almost more i am more excited about the pitchers but definitely this signing has made it more interesting and i feel more comfortable with the defensive side as well
1: for sure. So you kind of hinted at it, the, the pitchers and hitters and everything that's going on. is Let's shift over to spring training, some actual stats that are going on here. Let's kind of go over who's hot and who's not. So do you want to start offensively
0: or pitching-wise first? Let's do offense, and then we'll transition to, to pitchers.
1: All right. So I'm going to start with a guy who is hot. And it really you know, is kind of frustrating when you talk about the signing of Jackie Bradley Jr., and that's the fact that Tyrone Taylor is off to, <laughs> of course, a really good start. He's logged uh, nine at-bats here so far, collected four hits. One of them was a pretty booming home run, and that was, I think it was in the first game of the year. So 444 average here throughout his first four games played. Hasn't drawn any walks, only one strikeout, but he also came into camp really good shape, added a lot of muscle as well. So I know you weren't quite completely sold on Tyrone Taylor, but he's off to a pretty good start so far
0: in camp. Yeah, definitely. Hey, he, like, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not overly excited about him, but it is a good start to spring training for him. We'll, we'll see how he's able to continue. And the interesting thing with the Jackie Bradley Jr. signing is, does it even matter how good some of these other guys are playing? Like, are they even going to get an opportunity? Yeah, there might be an extra one on the bench, but are they just going to get pinch-hitting opportunities and maybe, you know, they rotate Lorenzo Cain out late in game sometimes, even though I don't think you want to lose his glove? I don't know. I don't think they're going to get a lot of opportunities, even if they are extremely, extremely good in spring training because you have four guys that are more proven and that you are confident are going to play how they they can and for Avi's case bounce back for Lorenzo's case hopefully he can get back to you know that 2018 form but you feel pretty confident in your top four so I don't know how much that Tyrone Taylor is actually going to be able to contribute but it is exciting to see another guy step up Staying in the outfield, another guy who's hot, which is very, very exciting. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, not a lot of at bats, just six at bats, uh, three hits. He does have two RBIs. Nothing insane to start the year. He's got a walk and a strikeout as well um, so far through that those six at bats. But it's just nice to see that you know he's he's doing well. He's doing well. He's he's not a guy. I don't think we're going to see him this year. But I do think you mentioned earlier Tyler that you know there's a very real possibility the only outfielder that is on the is on the starting 40-man roster next year is Christian Yelich or from this year to next year is Christian Yelich. Now maybe Tyrone Taylor makes both of them as well but the only true like starter and and contributor is going to be Christian or could be Christian Yelich. So it's exciting to see guys like Taylor and and Garrett Mitchell starting to show a little bit something and looking good in professional at bats. That's, that's a big thing. He doesn't have to hit, you know, continue to hit 500 over the course of spring training, but if he can consistently look good in these um, at bats, you start to feel a little more confident and, and maybe in 2022, even if it's, you know, half the year or something, you start to see a little bit more from him. But I do think by mid-2022, and if not by 2023, he is going to be a starting outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, and I'm just I'm just excited and happy to see him starting to figure it out at the professional level.
1: Yeah, because spring training has been his professional debut because he didn't get to play last year after he was drafted, so... Yeah, making lots of loud contact, like you said, and the part I like about spring training is, like, oftentimes it's an audition for, like, a September call-up in a way, like, hey, these guys did very well hitting against, you know, other guys who were invited to big league camp, but it's it's just really hard to put that into visualization with Garrett Mitchell because of all the outfielders, like, they don't want to add him to the 40-man roster and then waste an option on him this year, so... I'm going to agree with your time frame there, you know, wherever he starts, whether it's double A, triple A, I think he's going to get obviously get more consistent at bats there and hopefully see him put together a really successful year in his first season of professional baseball. So we'll see on that. I did see the other day that the minor league season did get delayed by another month again here again. So I don't know if alternative training camp sites are going to make a full comeback or, or what's exactly happening there, but we'll stay tuned with the minor league season as we learn more about that. Another guy who I wanted to point out as hot is Pablo Reyes. So he's listed as a third baseman here on the Brewers website, and I'm not uber familiar with him here. Um, Looking up, looks like he was a non-roster invitee, elected free agency from the Pirates organization this last offseason, has very limited MLB experience with the Pirates. So at 27 years old, you know, what what do you really expect out of him? But throughout camp so far, in his 10 at-bats, he's drawn five walks and collected three hits. (laughs) So... Doing very well there. One of them was a home run. He's got three RBIs. So non-roster invitee certainly making a name for himself here. And, you know, I haven't been able to watch any of the games myself, but if he is actually a third baseman and doing pretty slick there, that'd be a nice addition to have, especially coming out of nowhere, essentially.
0: He looks like, you know, a utility player. I just looked him up because I haven't heard of him either, but looks like he's a they list him as an infielder, outfielder when you when you look him up. So, you know, he does have that versatility, and, you know, that could be good, especially knowing the manager. Craig Council is going to find a way to use anybody and everybody, and if he continues to play well, and even, even if, let's say, Travis Shaw doesn't make the roster and Pablo Reyes is your starting third baseman, if he's going to walk half the time, that's – There's your leadoff hitter. (laughs) Um, Not not saying that that's sustainable because it's not. But, you know, that's something that if he's that patient at the plate, that definitely gives you a guy that, you know, even if it's, you know, late in games, he's a pinch hitter and he's just very controlled and is going to have a good eye at the plate and make pitchers throw strikes to him. And if not, he's going to get on base and give your yourselves an opportunity to win a baseball game. That's always a good thing. And it's always fun, even, even though he is a little bit on the older side. You know, you think of spring training, you're, like, excited about the young guys. Um, but definitely a guy that, that is a little bit exciting to think about another another utility guy that can just get on base. And, and that's a big thing. Um, in the MLB is ju- just get on base doesn't have to be home runs just get on base because you got guys like Kestin Hira, Christian Yelich in this lineup that can bring you home so getting on base is is a good thing looking it, it's you know we're saying these players are hot and they're not so hot it's tough to say I like Orlando Arcia has the most at bats at 13 so obviously very small sample sizes but some guys that are not so hot on top of my list, Keston Hero and Travis Shaw. Hero's batting 111, again very small sample size 9 at-bats for him. Uh, Travis Shaw, he's at 125 batting average with 8 at-bats and they each have just one hit on the year so far. Those are two guys that definitely need to have it offensively. Travis Shaw, he needs to have it offensively to make the roster. Keston if he's going to play first base, he's got to be good there, but he's also got to be good at the plate because we need him. Uh, we need him and Christian Yelich to bounce back in a big way and, and have very, very good seasons. Again, one thing about Keston that's a little bit concerning, four strikeouts in nine at-bats. That's that's scary. You know, That's something that I was hoping was going to improve, and it just – At least so far, again, very small sample size. But four strikeouts, his one hit was a home run, but still a little bit concerning. Let's get the ball in play a little bit more rather than all these strikeouts.
1: Yeah, it certainly is concerning given, A, his strikeout history, but then, B, the pressure of trying to learn first base on top of that, which he's been eh, so-so at. He did have an error the other day. It was a fielding error. And there's been a couple awkward-looking plays from kind of what I've gathered speaking with other players. But you're going to get those growing pains and those ups and downs. You just hope offensively he can kind of re bound to his first year in the league, thinking back to 2019. The only thing I'll say about Travis Shaw is, yeah, like you said, obviously small sample size, but he has drawn two walks. So at least has a little bit of the batter's eyes is, is sharp here to start. Only two strikeouts. Obviously you remember him just striking out a crap ton his last spout here with Milwaukee. So making some decent contact, just not quite finding the holes at this point. And then we were talking before we started recording, Zach Green was kind of my dark horse. He's not off to a good start. One hit in his eight at-bats. Granted, it was a home run, but the other day he went down looking, striking out on three straight pitches. Didn't even swing the bat. So very frustrating
0: there with him. Yeah. Yeah, your your editors over at Reviewing the Brewer were not happy with that one. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't either, so yikes. Making me me look bad. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the the next at bat he hit a home run because I saw someone reply to that saying he definitely read this tweet <laughs> in between at bats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: let's switch over to the pitchers. On the on my last podcast here, I was talking about Aaron Ashby and his filthy curveball. Well, he's continuing to impress here. He has now thrown two innings and struck out every single batter or at least every out that he's recorded has come via the strikeouts. So six of them there does have one walk in there. But when I talk about auditioning for some of those September call-ups or late-in-the-year type players, Aaron Ashby is making a name for himself so far. I really like what I'm seeing out of him.
0: Yeah, definitely. One walk, six strikeouts, no hits given up. Obviously, again... The caveat right now, obviously, is still very, very, very small sample size—only two innings pitched. But you know that—that's exciting. Another name, Tyler, and I'm sure this is not a name you've thought of in a while. But Phil Bickford. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> that was—that was just a joke. I just wanted to see your reaction. He—he um, he has pitched two innings, two strikeouts, a hit given up, and that's it. No—no no hit matters, but. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw his name and I thought that was funny. Another guy that's pitching well. Cy Young award winner in 2021, Corbin Burns. 3 innings pitched, 7 strikeouts. He does have one walk. No hits allowed in those 3 innings. I I'm so excited about Corbin Burns. This guy, you know, for all the troubles he had, he really came back in 2020 and and was very very good and I I think we're going to start to see more of Corbin Burns being really, really good, and that's going to continue this year to the tune of a Cy Young Award.
1: Won't find me arguing with that, so (laughs) everyone jump on board that train. (laughs) I did want to talk a little bit about Drew Rasmussen. So he's made one appearance so far in spring, but they had him pitch two innings. He was the starter in that game, you know, for whatever it's worth. Did issue two walks, struck out three batters, but Craig Council did admit that the plan is to keep Rasmussen stretched out. So as a starter in the minor leagues, we kind of talked about this during the offseason very briefly about the fact that he could be, you know, could he sneak into the starting rotation? What's that going to look like? I mean, I I don't hear much talk about him entering the starting rotation, but maybe being like that spot starter or that Brett Suter role where you fill in for the starter mid game and kind of eat up some innings that way kind of looks like the way they're leading with Drew
0: Rasmussen right now. So I find that really exciting. Yeah, I, I was, you said Brent Suter. I I was thinking that Freddie Peralta role, very similar type of role, right? A guy that spot starter from time to time and a guy that when you have those like planned, almost bullpen days, that he's your second starter, essentially. You know, the first guy gets you two, three innings. Then Freddie Peralta, Brent Suter, Drew Rasmussen are those next guys up, um, kind of as that, like I said, second starter role. That that's exciting, you know. And and the thing is, is having Hader and Williams allows you to have an arm like Rasmussen be a little bit more extended. He could be, he could also be in a role of more high leverage situations where he's your bridge player to a hater slash Williams, right? He could be that, you know, your starter goes five, he can get you six and seven. And then you got the the two workhorses on the back end to finish off the last two innings. So that, I think he's going to play a big role. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be in the starting rotation. I don't even think he's going to get a spot start. I think he's going to be that long relief, Either that second starter or he's going to be, like I said, that that kind of bridge role from starter to your big guns in the back end of that bullpen.
1: Yeah, we saw him very briefly start to get into that role last year in the shortened season, and I think that you really hit it on the head when you say Freddie Peralta, because Peralta has played all of those roles as long reliever, high leverage guy, and then spot starter as well, so interesting stuff there as for who's not hot i think the brewers are making it really easy right now to figure out who's not hot and that would be eric lauer and jordan zimmerman <laughs> so both have pitched three innings lauer has given up five earned runs three homers allowed jordan zimmerman has given up four earned runs so both guys competing for the back end of the rotation and and doesn't look like either one of them are going to make it at this point if they continue on their current track.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's not looking good for those two. Um, I would definitely agree with that. Rough outings there. Zach Brown struggling a little bit too. Uh, two innings pitched and not much better. He's got a 13.5 ERA, giving up three runs, three earned runs. Not, not great for any one of those three. But the good thing is you know not everyone else is pitching great but not there's those are the three like really 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 bad ones one guy I want to look at here and a guy that I think I don't think he's going to be stretched out quite like Drew Rasmussen but he's going to be kind of that leverage you know that spot in the bullpen Bobby Wall potentially he's pitched two innings so far this year he has walked two players he struck out two players um hasn't given up a run he has given up one hit that's that's a guy i'm looking at to see if he's able to contribute at all you know if he's going to be able to get into that bullpen and and actually have that like i said that not so stretched out but that drew rasmussen-esque role on off days when when drew rasmussen isn't pitching you know can bobby wall be that guy to get the sixth or the seventh to help bridge that gap from starter to Devin Williams and Josh Hader. I'm excited about him. I I hope that he's able to do that. And um, I'm excited to see if he's able to get into that role and and be an effective pitcher for the Brewers. And I just, I can't wait. I'm so excited about this pitching staff. Um, I'm feeling a lot more confident in just everything about it the the starting rotation you know you got Corbin Burns Woody at the top you know you got got a guy like Adrian Hauser who's only pitched an inning so far has allowed one hit has a strikeout you know he's going to be exciting you got Brett Anderson back who oh, Tyler has been saying that since the Colton Wong uh, signing that that was going to be a good fit and so you you feel pretty good about your top 4 in the starting rotation. Maybe it's Freddie Peralta, you know, maybe Eric Lauer figures it out, you know, someone figures it out to be that fifth starter. And then in the bullpen, you got guys like, you know, if Freddie Peralta is not in the bullpen, you have Freddie Peralta, you have Drew Rasmussen, you have Brent Suter as that second starter. Then, you know, you have guys like Bobby Wall, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. It's starting to sound like another great bullpen combined with a damn good pitching staff combined with good defensive team that just needs the 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 sticks to play how they can and and play up to their average and then you're looking at a really really good baseball team if everyone plays how they can because this is an exciting team even though we didn't get you know a monumental signing but we did get two good players in Jackie Bradley Jr. and Colton Wong and and I'm very, very excited about this this twenty twenty one season.
1: Yep, and Stearns is definitely not done making moves if we know anything. So that is exciting as well. You mentioned Bobby Wall. I don't know. I'm We'll see. I'm not fully on board the Bobby Wall train, but he's an interesting guy to monitor. Just like Ray Black, he had a very good summer camp, thinking back to last June, and then ended up on the IL right before the season started. He was pitching, all of a sudden, his velocity just dropped off. Kind of had something similar happen to him the other day. He was, his first battery faced, he was pumping 98, and by the fourth battery faced, he was down to 90, 92. But granted, that was after 26 pitches, so. Was it just a pitch count that made his velocity drop? I'm not exactly sure there, but we'll have to see uh, when he makes his debut here next. And speaking of debuts, last I heard, it sounds like Brandon Woodruff will make his Cactus League start on Monday. That'll be against the Angels. Josh Hader is slated to make his debut on Wednesday And Devin Williams sounds like is progressing nicely. They were really easing him back in after he didn't finish out the year with that shoulder strain or whatever exactly it was. Uh, But have not heard when his debut will be. But sounds like he is doing a-okay. So those are the last little bits of notes from camp here. Trevor, do you have anything else to add at all? I sure do not. I'm just excited for baseball. Me too. So... We will be recapping back here again, oh, I don't know, whenever we feel like it next. So <laughs> we're going to just kind of go spur of the moment here throughout spring training. So we will, uh, I don't know, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Hey,
0: hey so, we own the podcast. We can do what we want.
1: <laughs> that's true. We are our own bosses. So <laughs> feels good to be in control. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> All right. But until our next Random Brewers podcast, we will see you later, Brewer fans. Justin Stearns.